0: capacity, but just the energy there, man. Awesome. Cannot wait for this weekend. Something special. Jay and I got some motivation, just like
1: I'm sure the thousands of others who showed up tonight to see, can we call it Lockhart Stadium or do we just going to go ahead and call it Inter-Miami CF Stadium?
0: Oh, the fans are torn on that one, man. There's, people, there's people that, that kind of grew up around Lockhart and, and respect that name and there's people that don't care uh, and they want it changed. So
1: it's uh, a little heated. It is. It is. But regardless, if you went to tonight's event, I think everybody in the stadium was feeling the energy. Love the fact that there was a little drizzle
0: of rain coming down on us, too. I think the, the, the gods were telling us it's about time. Yeah. Keeps the pitch uh, nice and wet. So not too bad. Thank God. It started coming down and we were, <laughs> we were outside. It's like, oh, please don't pour on us. We're having a good time. But yeah. uh, beautiful, beautiful place. Almost finished. There's a couple areas that they're waiting to finish. But it's going to be a beautiful sight come Saturday. Yes, it is, Jay. And we're talking Saturday.
1: Welcome to the Inner Miami podcast. You're with Alex Papa George and,
0: like always, Jay Kington. It's good to be back by your side, man. Uh, glad to have you back, man. Glad to have you back. It's been uh, delayed two weeks trying to work around each other's schedules as we have not been in the uh, same city nor office really seeing each other um, every day. But wanted to give a shout out to uh, Saudi Arabia. Picked up some listeners over there. So welcome to the podcast, Saudi Arabia. As always, everyone can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at InterMiamiPodcast. Uh, check out the website. It's InterMiamiPodcast.com. And you can shoot us an email, Jay and Alex at InterMiamiPodcast.com. Yeah,
1: another great week of listenership spiked again We're we're probably a week or two away from hitting about consistent a thousand listeners across the world, which is great. We're in about, what, 31 now different countries out there. Uh, We can see everybody's excitement growing. Another awesome weekend with a lot of conversations happening on DM on IG. Again, Jay and I love the conversations on a weekly basis. It's definitely
0: picked up. So if you don't do so and want to share your thoughts, go ahead and hit us up. Keep it up. We love hearing from you guys. It really, uh, really makes our day when we get to interact with you guys. Yeah, and you
1: know, I'll take a little bit of the blame here on a little bit of delay, and also I think our emotions had to kind of settle from this last <laughs> weekend's uh, course of events, but. I'm back here for the next foreseeable future and with that we have listened to everybody out there wanting more and more and more content. Jay and myself are going to go ahead and try and make one episode a week now turn into two episodes a week. So we're going to do our best to get you an episode on the Monday following the games uh, the games that we will be playing so a little bit more of a review of what happened. And then later that week, we're going to split up both, uh, or I'm sorry, split up the episode into two different uh, episodes, like I said, and share a preview of what match is next to
0: come. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, it is a bit more of a commitment, but we want to give it to the fans. It'll also allow us to focus uh, kind of more on, on different aspects of what uh, the fans want us to cover so that we can you know continue to provide quality content to everybody.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And... You touched on it, Jay, the fans. And big, big, big standing applause and round of applause to everybody out there. Season tickets are sold out. That is a testament to you and even our sales and marketing team for doing a great job getting the word out before the season. When ticket sales are sold out, that is a sign of a true following.
0: And big shout out to everybody out there who did that. Can't say enough about this community. Everyone is positive. Everyone is excited. Uh, we just came from a little bit ago. I don't even know if it was an hour. If an hour has passed from the season ticket holders' open practice, there was supposed to be a meet and greet that was uh, canceled due to the uh, coronavirus fears trying to protect the players from the fans. But still a good time seeing the supporters groups out there banging on the drums, singing nonstop. Uh, I got to see a couple of buddies out there and see the team you know, practice, and then Diego Alonso came out, really uh, showed some love to the fans, and then of course when it ended, the players uh, coming up to uh, to thank the fans as well. So, you know, really cool environment. It's going to be probably tenfold the energy on Saturday when we finally kick off in our brand new stadium. Yes,
1: Jay and I spent some time up in the supporters' groups area, dancing around a little bit, and then when you Walk down the stands and look back up, man. It was it, w- it was quite a sight to see. Then you kind of start using your imagination a little bit now, picturing you know 17,000 more people inside of the arena going crazy. This this Saturday is gonna be a landmark inside of the South Florida area.
0: It, it, it's gonna be bonkers out there, guys. It will be. It's um, I, t- I just I am honestly lost for words. It. Just with so much excitement, we've been waiting what seven months for this. Seem like so far away and now it's uh it's right around the corner.
1: Yeah, I mean we we've been with the listeners for about seven seven to eight months now, you know, doing the podcast on a weekly basis, you know, keeping everybody up to date, educating people along the way, and that's kind of what Jay and myself have really enjoyed doing is you know, it's great talking to everybody who knows soccer out there and you guys are obviously incredibly knowledgeable. I mean, South Florida is a world melting pot of all different cultures and obviously very experienced, but We've really appreciated talking to those people who are novices in the whole soccer world and educating them along the way, which has been exciting. You know, South Florida hasn't had a soccer team here in about 18 years. So, although we've been on the mics for the last seven, it's been it's been a long time, almost two decades since professional soccer was played down here. So that's something that to MLS.
0: I mean, the, you know, there were the Strikers, but to, for that true quality MLS, it's been a long time, man.
1: Thanks for the clarification. True MLS, it's been a very long time and. You know, one of the cool things that the team has done here recently, I think was actually just released maybe even Monday or so. Um, this podcast is coming to you on a Wednesday, but maybe on Monday, the team released their their actual mobile application, which is pretty cool. We've gotten a lot of listeners out there asking about, you know, stadium parking, you know, how's the parking lot going to look? What are the certain designated areas? Where do my tickets, you know, kind of put me in inside the arena? Go ahead and download the Inner Miami CF app. It, it's pretty good. It gives you an overview of all that good stuff that everybody's been asking. And it also gives you kind of a centralized source of upcoming games, schedules, player statistics, also some short stories that have been released pretty much on a daily basis. So it runs as if you were looking at almost the MLS.com feed. I think what they did was synchronize the RR. SS feed and that's kind of its main content source. So go ahead and download. So I know Jay and myself made profiles this week, which is pretty exciting. So be a good little source for you as the,
0: the home opener approaches. Check it out. Check it out. It's nifty to have your own app. Outside of that, uh, other relevant news. This one I was really excited about. Ray Hudson will be joining Inter Miami for commentary. Uh, this guy is a legend. He is magisterial, very unique a voice, very unique commentary style. So I know uh, we were talking to people from the front office uh, earlier at the uh, the season ticket holder event, and uh, they're equally as excited. So very, very good news on that. A little bit of the bad news, I guess, if you want to call it that, is Monterey has filed a formal uh, complaint with FIFA uh, about the way we acquired uh, Rodolfo Pizarro. They said that the facetiming with David Beckham was in violation of the rules they have you know had their lawyers kind of facilitate that process Inter-Miami has still declined to comment we'll see where that goes with all that legal fun but I'm really not too worried about it I think it'll just dissolve eventually uh and should outside send of that
1: a Pizarro jersey maybe that'll cheer them up maybe that
0: will cheer them right <laughs> up yeah yeah great idea we'll sign <laughs> maybe we should do that that's, that's pretty awesome um other kind of relevant news was the uh, the Daniel Sturridge rumor. Uh, if you have watched the English Premier League at all, you might recognize him from his earlier days at Chelsea. Uh, but really, where he's most well-known from is Liverpool. He is a, a pretty decent striker. However, he did just receive a four-month ban from FIFA uh, for tipping off his brother on a possible trading uh trade to Sevilla and his brother is going to bet on it so in a little bit of trouble if we can work this out to where we could somehow get him in and not use a DP spot I'd I'd be potentially for that Uh, I would honestly like us to hold out and see if we can still get you know Edison Cavani if someone really more like that but that's basically I think all the news that we're looking to cover on the front end
1: yeah, that's, that's some insider trading right there. That's a that's a four-month <laughs> ban that you're going to see. Jay, are they officially at the attorney-lawyer stage right now, or is it just like a filed complaint?
0: I think it's just a filed complaint at this point, but we will see how that develops.
1: Good, good, good. I don't know if uh, right now is the right time to jump on a little bit of another lawsuit here. But that's all the general news that we have here Today and obviously most of you are tuning in to you know hear our thoughts on what went on in the DC United game and there, there there's quite a few.
0: Yeah, a lot happened in this game. One of the crazier sequences I've seen really in, in in you know ten plus years of watching soccer or football. It's well, what a turn! But we'll kind of start from the top. Uh, traveled over to DC cool thing about this actually some heat members were there for their game Sunday so uh, Goran Dragic showed up Jimmy Butler uh, Udonis Haslam who actually has personal ties with Jason and the owner of DC United he was Haslam's first agent and got him like 30 mil back in the day so Hmm. uh, you know glad to see the heat coming out showing support but Overall score, we lost 2-1, to one, and we will get into that. D.C. United was able to pull out the victory. Uh, what I was really intrigued to see is we switched up the formation. We came out in a 3-4-3 three, three with Figo on the left side of the defense, Torres in the middle, and Andres Reyes on the right side of our defense. And then we had Sweat on the left in a like defensive-slash-midfield-slash-winger position, and then same thing with Neil's on the right, but going from left to right, we had Sweat, Trap, Uyoya, and Nilas in our in our midfield. And it did provide some advantages definitely in the first half. And then up top, we had Pizarro, Robinson, and Lewis Morgan in our attack. And they were kind of morphing and in rotating around in, in different formations, sometimes more of a uh, you know, a 4-2-1 or 4-1-2 stuff of, of that nature, but really interesting to see, uh, notably Pellegrini not in the lineup, um, and Alvis Powell was not in the lineup after uh, the LAFC game, which, honestly, was very impressed with Reyes stepping up. Yes, yes.
1: Reyes and Niles played awesome, and we're gonna get into a little bit more of analysis just before we do, a little bit more on the statistical side to give you an idea of an overview of the game here at hand. DC had eight shots, three of which were on goal. They controlled the ball for 55% of the game of possession. They were averaging 79% on passing accuracy. They took six corners, had 20 fouls, three offside calls, and three yellow cards. So that's to give you an idea on the DC side. Over on Inner Miami, we had 15 shots, five on goal. We controlled the ball for 45% of the possessions. 77% accuracy, three corners, 17 fouls, zero offsides. Shout out that. Shout out zero offsides. Two yellow cards and one devastating red card.
0: Yeah, and what's notable about those stats is that 45% possession. uh, We we did not do great with possession in the first half. We uh, were lower than that number for the first half, and we made up in the second half. Which is insane considering the fact that we played most of that half with only 10 men
1: yeah i would absolutely agree i think we owned kind of the back 20 minutes of the match even maybe 20 to 25 minutes and i think another glaring you know kind of difference in these stats is that we had twice as many shots and we almost had twice as many shots on goal. so we definitely played a lot more aggressive this match, and I think LAFC. And we'll kind of go into a little bit more what the differences are, what we saw in our game one versus game two, and what we can expect to game three. But you know, certainly a lot of fouls. There were thirty-seven combined, you know, between the two um, two, two clubs here, and six cards in
0: total. So the ref loved his whistle and his card. <laughs> There's not really much you can say. I mean, and people are saying, you know, he's biased against the team. He's from he's from Hialeah. You know, I, I highly doubt he would be biased against really any team if he's a true professional, but definitely uh, heavy on the whistle there. Is he from Hylia? He is. Wow. You're yeah. going to do his dirty like that? You're supposed to tip the odds. I mean, yeah, I would have liked a little bit more um, allowing, you know, scrums to occur, a little more physicality, but this is, this is what we get.
1: Yeah, uh, I I guess you're right on that. Well, you know, we're going to take you through a sequence of events, you know, as we saw it here watching the game. It was funny. Before I get into that, we released a poll on Instagram this week, kind of trying to get a feel and a vibe for all the people out there and what their thoughts were the game. Wanted to use the word robbed specifically to stir an emotion. And I got to say that emotion was stirred. We had about, I'd say, 240 responses and I'd say 82%, if I'm recalling the number correctly, We're responding, yes, we did get robbed of our first W in DC United, just to give you a little bit of a pulse of the nation on what other people were thinking about out there. Um, But yeah, now to get inside the game, you know, first half started, you know, still Inter-Miami has not scored a goal in franchise history. This is what we were waiting for. And come minute two, Pizarro broke through and
0: put the ball in the back of the net. We did not wait long. Beautiful. It was actually the the, the second beautiful uh, cross that uh, Morgan played in. So we came out really swinging. In in Robbie said set, set up Morgan. Morgan set up Pizarro. Bam. Not a super difficult shot, but. That's our first one, and we're happy with
1: it. Yeah, and the whole Inter-Miami Nation went crazy just like we did in our respective places. <laughs> it was absolutely nuts. And like Jay said, you know, I think you're going to hear a common theme. The Pizarro, the Lewis-Morgan combination has been something to see, especially this last game. You know, around minute eight, minute nine, if my memory is serving me correctly here, uh, Roman Torres had a hell of a play saving a potential goal right in front of Luis Robles. Um, That was a goal-saving goal, and it's a really big bummer that, you know, we're going to get in the second half of what happened, but Torres was playing out of his mind. I think he was playing exactly the way that Inter-Miami fans were hoping to see out there.
0: Yeah, initially, Definitely, he was, and that was a crucial, you know, stoppage of that header because Luis was already, you know, picking a side and no guarantee, you know, it, it didn't make it through to him to see how close he was if he was going to stop it. I would like to think he would, but you know, I was very excited to see Roman get in there and uh, Roman and uh, you know and stop that play. Yeah, that was
1: great to see. The rest of the half didn't have, you know, too many, I guess, per se, highlights. I think there was. A glaring difference out on the peel and I uh, on the field and I think that that was the Switch that we had with Andres Reyes and Alvis Powell, you know Subbing Reyes in Powell out I think was a huge difference. It looks like Powell Powell may have suffered an injury I know that there was a picture that got released on social media right before the game But however that did manifest to happen. Um, I think we're all glad that it did the the defense played very very strongly in the first half, uh, we forced D.C. United into a couple offsides, which I thought was very, very creative. I thought that our entire defense and back line played very well through the first half. We were open, also open open some attack up because I felt that like our chemistry kind of bonded a little bit better. I thought Pizarro played with a little bit more free, like freelance and a little bit more creativity, which was causing a little bit more of opportunities for us. Um, we were playing the ball a little bit more on the ground versus long balls, which is something that we had done in LAFC. And I think that that pretty much gave
0: the reins to Bizarro to pretty much run the offense the way he felt comfortable. Yeah, not, you know, we, we did have more long balls than I would like to see. You could see the the improvements from week one to week two. Um, but we were really able to open up and stretch DC United. And that was really credit to Sweat um, and and needless being at that, like, defense wing kind of position really allowing more freedom for Pizarro for Robbie Robinson for Lewis Morgan who you can really tell those three are going to be a threat Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the cool part too and you know the Robbie
1: Robinson injury gets into the, the second half but you're really seeing Robbie, you know, feel like he belongs out there. You know, game one, I think there was a little bit of some nerves, some jitters. I thought he played very well for being his first professional match out there. But game two, you could see a surprising and a very, very welcoming type of growth in the per- in the person, not even the player. You could see him as on person as a pitch. So um, like Jay said, we were able to open up, especially with Sweat and Nila supporting more of the midfield and stretch the field, which was able to help us. But the half did finish 1-0. Pizarro's goal, obviously, in the first two minutes did happen. Um, Nothing too crazy outside of that. But boy, do things change quickly in the second half. First half takeaways for myself were Mr. Reyes coming out, playing fantastic, subbing out starting this game for Powell and showing his true athleticism had some great touches you could see his speed all over the field which was truly amazing I think he had one about like 80 yard dash it was just special he just looked like a gazelle out there in the wilderness but it was definitely the 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 substitution of Powell and Reyes for me in this match and again we kind of just touched on it
0: the Pizarro Robbie relationship is growing here day by day and game by game yeah, it was very impressive. Uh, Robbie's injury was was right before halftime, though. Do do want to no, you know, apologize? Come correct about that. He did try and come back in. Um, was trying to tough it out, which honestly is a good sign. It shows that it, it, it wasn't a horrible injury, but still, we're waiting to see exactly what happens with that. Hopefully, you know, it, it's nothing uh, too serious as far as. You know, like my takeaways, yeah, I would say that this Pizarro, Robbie, and Lewis, they're becoming, you know, a great trio to watch. There's a lot of creation a lot of chemistry that's developed. Um, Again, you know, they stretch DC out. They're able to run more freely. Uh, Robbie's really stepping up to the plate in his second MLS game. And you can see his confidence building, his level of comfort is building. Uh, I agree with you hundred percent on uh, Andreas Reyes. He is phenomenal. He's great speed. Had some you know key tackles, not just in the first half, but also some very key tackles for us as we were down a man in the second half. And uh, I was really excited to see the, the defense press you know high again and make it more difficult for DC to come out of their their own half. This this combination of Sweat and Nieves in the midfield was uh, it really opened up things for us and. Then I was also very impressed by uh, Victor Uyoa mm-hmm. coming up and mm-hmm. in, in, in being able to rip off some shots right outside the box mm-hmm. and uh, you know play central defensive mid by nature I think it is kind of his role with the team mm-hmm. but but get up there and he's not afraid to you know have one. Yeah, Uyoya, he's been a true star in the first couple games. Yeah, it's it's been nice to see uh, especially you know week one with Trap staying back actually playing more of a true defensive role and then. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you know, kind of bursting up and supporting the attack coming in as a, you know, late streaking run, and, and um, it, you know it's going to be impressive once this chemistry really settles down. There's going to be a lot of, of outlets for for goals. Yeah, and you know. That kind of brings us into our
1: second half story, and I think Uyoya is someone that we're probably going to talk about here relatively well, we are, soon. We <laughs> are going to
0: talk about Victor Uyoya um, in just a couple minutes, man. We're going to get there. But what an eventful second half! I think it was like maybe five minutes of actual play. There was so much stoppage. <laughs> it wasn't in that. It was like ten minutes off the clock because there was just so much, um, you know, stoppage. So, oh, I guess I'll. I'll start with the, the goal and we'll work our way back on this one. So I think it was probably around the 51st minute, 52nd minute, something like that. Uh, Morgan, the play, play comes up the left side, get it to Morgan. Uh, he gets a nice touch across, rips one from outside the box, gets a very friendly deflection. Uh, his shot was going to the, uh, the, the right side. Deflection, put that ball to the left side, into the net. Keeper's over there laying uh, on the left side, not knowing what's going on. Uh, but... Shortly after celebrating, uh, DC United players have their hands in there and they're slapping them, saying handball. So uh, the ref goes to the VAR to review in in the play that in, that led up to the Morgan goal. Uh, kind of breakdown of what happened. Play coming back into our own half. Uyoya passes uh, back to Roman Torres, who. Honestly, could have just passed back to Robles and then let Robles distribute that, you know, back over top. Uh, but you know, he tried to get it back, play a short pass to ayoya which was intercepted by Julian Gressel, uh, which then led to the ball bouncing back to uh, Roman, more on his right side as he's facing towards the goal. to spin on the ball carried that ball over to his left side, and that's where you see the ball hit his arm and. Uh, not just hit his arm, but I mean, he honestly directed that thing down with his palm. And uh, that was a denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity, which is a, a rule in the MLS that is um, very controversial, but ended up getting him a red card, sent off, and our goal taken away. Yeah. And
1: for uh, all you math whizzes out there, that means that we were 1-0 to 2-0 to back down to 1-0 and man down.
0: But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> now, everyone's kind of upset with the ref. I've heard people say, like, you know, uh, Gressel pushed his arm into the ball. Honestly, I, I, I think the ref made the right call in uh, in that situation. It sucks, but... Um, I think that that was the right call it was uh, it was a uh, you know obvious handball and a red card it, it, it's
1: tricky too jay there's so many different angles and you know it's hard to separate our emotions too, from the game i mean obviously this this could have been you know this was history in the making but it's really difficult to tell you know we talked to a lot of people even a few people at the the stadium here tonight you know did you know Gressel knock Torres's hands to hit the ball was that a action that he did on his own was it malicious there's there's so many different gray areas and at the end of the day the referee did not blow the whistle our way
0: yeah you know if, if you get caught with your hand up like that a lot of times it'll just result in a yellow. Uh, But the fact that it was a a dog, so again, denying of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, uh, that initiates a red card. And there are some considerations that are taken into effect with this rule, like distance between the offense and the goal, uh, general direction of play, likelihood of the player keeping or gaining control of the ball, uh, location, and numbers of defenders. So, you know, if that play doesn't happen, Gressel, there's a chance he he is a, you know, one-on-one with Luis Robles. There's also a chance that... Torres can get back in there and, uh, you know, get the ball away or at least, you know, make a shot very difficult to, uh, to prevent a goal. But that's the way it rolled out. And, you know, unfortunate. But, honestly, I think Roman should have known a little better in that situation. Uh, so let's just kind of keep going down this uh, this downward spiral that we're, uh, <laughs> we're embarking on. So a few minutes later, uh, you know, Yoya makes a mental mistake in, in the box with a high boot. You can see his spikes in the air. Doesn't even come close to the ball he's trying to to clear. And his leg goes high It maybe brushes Edison floors a little bit. Edison provides some quality acting, though. Goes down in the box. Uh, results in a penalty. Can't say I'm surprised because those, uh, those contributing factors are a perfect storm for a foul and for a penalty. So, Yamil Assad converts that penalty. And we are now uh, game tied. 1-1. Um, but wait. There's more. There's more. We're hopefully getting to the end of this. Uh, a few minutes later, uh, <laughs> Will Trapp. really out of control. I mean, Will Trap did have a nice little fancy roulette there. Uh, kind of busting out the move. I think I think in the middle of the field where he put everyone on skates. I almost fell over and I was sitting down. Yeah, just watching it, right? Well, he, he tried to do something similar. Uh, lost the ball and then runs in from behind trying to win the ball back. Ends up uh, committing a foul. And then this one was really interesting, honestly, because you had Julian Gressel over the ball. You had Edison Flores over the ball so you weren't sure uh, if it was gonna be coming in from the right or from the left Uh, but Flores rips a a pretty deep free kick that thing is curling from left to right you see Robles go down to the ground trying to prevent it I don't even know if he honestly makes contact with the ball it comes off the post and then their defender brilliant uh, is just at the right place right time hits a very Hard shot that goes over Robles' head into the top of the net, and now we are down 2 1. So we went from being 2 0 up to man down and, and down 2 1. Yeah, uh, over the course of 10 minutes,
1: you know, to further that, we were up 1 0, we were up 2 0. Drop that down to to sustain the lead at one zero. Lose a player in the process, so now we're playing ten eleven, and that means Roman Torres is not going to be able to join us against the LA Galaxy this weekend. Continuing this spiral of destruction here, we land at one one, which eventually moves to two one.
0: Yeah, no, after that's that, a hell. Of, after that's a hell of an event. It is. And it all happened so, so fast. And there was a scary moment. You know, we, we were we were fighting valiantly. We are trying to make a comeback. Nico Fagal got a got a yellow card, and he almost got a second one. So we yeah. would almost be out him for the game as well. There were just a lot of mental errors that, that were occurring. But, again, with possession not being in our favor in the first half and then being down 10 men with about 30 minutes to play, uh, I was impressed by, that, impressed by the efforts, by the possession, uh, the chances that they were creating – Uh, You know, Nico almost was able to get in a late header, uh, but it was unfortunately. Pretty much right yeah. to the keeper. That was
1: a heartbreaker,
0: too, on this far post. Yeah, yeah. But I was also, this is really when, uh, you know, Andres Reyes stepped up and, and showed who he was. The defense made some very key tackles. Andres Reyes personally made some very physical tackles where he, if he was just an inch off, would probably result in a card and a free kick. Uh, but they were crucial because they prevented DC from going up 3-1 and really keeping us in the game to give us a shot to at least walk away with the draw. Uh, but that never came. Match ends. Match ends. We lose two one. Yeah. And again, that, that goal that Brian
1: put in the back of the net, that was a that was a tough shot too. That wasn't just a little dinker that he happened to squeeze by Luis. That was a rocket off of his right foot and that that ball could have gone any which way. And it's unfortunate I mean again we kind of want to focus on you know what maybe we can control you know the shot is the shot the shot went to where it was but one thing that we kind of recognize as well was is that or something that I specifically saw was that once that ball is kicked our line needs to move up and go get that ball there was a few people that were standing back at the wall which is still their job to do mm-hmm. but once the ball is made contact we got to start, start moving forward. To give you an analogy, you know, if someone's shooting a free throw at the free throw line and the people in the lane don't go get the rebound, what's going to happen? An offensive rebound is going to happen. It's exactly what happened in this scenario. And kind of, again, focusing on more of what we can't control, right? Because we can't control the way the ball is going to bounce, but we can't control our effort on that back end. And that was one thing that I would have, you know, thought that is something that are for us to kind of look back on, look at the tape, see it you know, make the correction. And who knows, this may save us a goal in the back end of the season where it really, really, really matters.
0: Yeah, it was tough. Um, One of my key takeaways in this is just the mental errors are really what's, what's been the the one factor defeating this team. You know I mean? Going back to week one, even Robles, who we love, he's a friend of the podcast. We've had him on, um, you know, I'm sure he was beating himself up for coming off his line and, and that allowed the the Carlos Vela chip. And then, of course, you know, Roman Torres should have known better. Victor Uyoya should have known better in that situation. That's three mental errors. And we are, you know, zero, two and zero. So zero wins, two losses, zero uh, draws. And honestly, I think we should be a 1-0-1 team with, uh you know, one win against D.C. United. I think if we don't make that mental error, Robles doesn't, then we end up drawing out against LAFC. So uh, that was tough to see, but I was very impressed with them not giving up and they really came together. And that final 30 minutes, I mean, you could see the the, the chemistry uh, there. And I honestly think they played better being, you know, man down than they were with 11 people on the field. Uh, you know, and, and I was really impressed with Nico from a defensive standpoint and from getting into the attack. Uh, I think he's one of the best players that we have.
1: Absolutely. Hands down, you know? He, he's shown it over the course of the season so far. And, you know, Jay, I think you're, you're almost dancing around another big point too right now is that, yes, we did have three mental errors in the last few games, but... I thought that the 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 grit and the mental, you know, fortitude that we had to fight back 10-11 shows you that the team does have that swag. It does have that attitude. Does have that chip on the shoulder to say like, "Hey, listen, we're a man down. We're in a visitors territory against a solid DC United team. You know, we could hang up our cleats and walk out of here, but we decided to stay and fight." And I think that that is another testament to the type of team that we have and you know, Jay and I had the same takeaways as we felt on this match. Thought it was a well-fought match. Obviously, you know, so, so, some you know hiccups along the way that happens. But, you know, team chemistry looked great. I thought not just the players looked outstanding. I thought the coaching staff made adjustments too, based on what they saw in the LAFC match, whether that's either tactical, whether that's player rotations, whether that's formation rotations. But I thought both the players and the coaching staff did take a step forward in advancing as a true, true contender in the MLS. And the other big takeaway that I did have, I touched on earlier, was that I really enjoyed the, the the style of play being more on the ground this match against DC United versus LAFC, where there was a lot of long balls to Robbie. And I do understand that his injury may have played a role in that tactical change, but it seemed like even when he was on the pitch, it seemed like that that was a true kind of point of emphasis that the coaches staff and the players wanted to go ahead and fulfill
0: yeah and i think that's the the major area of improvement is we need to continue that progression towards you know the, the short balls because alonzo is known for that possession style play he's known for an attacking style play and uh, you know if we can get all that you know together and keep working on that i think we'll we'll definitely uh have a fierce team that will be very competitive but, you know the toughest part of the game i would say it was that that victor uyoya penalty because you know, you could review that and say, you know, serious contact wasn't made, but I guess it just wasn't clear and obvious enough to uh, to overturn it. But tough one to watch. There were some some pieces of, of good worked in there. Jay, who who was the man of the match
1: in your opinion?
0: Um, oh dear. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of torn between Lewis and uh, and Andreas. I'd have to give it to Andreas. I think the 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 speed and the quality he was showing. Uh, he's going to be a serious weapon. And I believe he's on loan for us to purchase. I really hope we purchase him. Yeah,
1: click click that purchase button real quick here. Um, Obviously, Rhea showed up. Great to see him. I'm not going to discount Pizarro's performance this last weekend as well, putting our first goal ever in franchise history into the net. But I got to give our man Lewis Morgan some love. If it was you know, set pieces, if it was playmaking ability, it just seemed like every time he had the ball at his feet, good things were happening. And that was great to see. Obviously he could have had a goal in this game too, if it wasn't called back, Mm -hmm. you know, off some baloney. But anyway, Lewis Morgan was definitely the man of the match for me. seems like um, Reyes was for you both great choices and obviously Pizarro and the rest of the team, you know, should not go ignored, but we are 0-2 right now, people, and that's not the place that we wanted to be. But, Jay, I I, I feel like I can go ahead and say we're the best damn 0-2 team in the league. Yeah, I would agree with
0: that, for sure.
1: Well... That was our review of what we thought in our analysis of DC United. I'm not sure off the top of my head if we do play them again through this season, but I would love another crack at that team uh, later later in the year. But this brings us to our next segment, which is all about Inter-Miami's first home match against the LA Galaxy. Let's get into it, bud.
0: Here we are, here we are, here we are. Couple days away, Jay. Been waiting a long, long time. This is actually, I'm really excited about this matchup because there is a lot of talent on LA Galaxy's squad. Uh, However, they've not been playing very good football lately, and I think this is a team we can definitely come out and, and finally get our first win in our first home game ever. Absolutely. The place is going to be rocking. People are going to be jamming. We
1: can't wait to see everybody out there. We're going to be there early. We saw a little bit of a glimpse on the stadium release here this afternoon. If you want to get your tailgates in, if you want to get settled, if you want to see the stadium, if you want to get a feel for all the people around, you know, doing their thing, get there a little bit early. You know, get there a little bit early and spend some time. It's going to be a little bit of a traffic jam getting over there. There's really only a couple ways to get into the stadium. So, obviously, people are going to be flooded. We have a sold-out game. So, people, get your beers ready. Get your chips ready. Get whatever you want. Bring it down to the stadium here early. For
0: the little ones, get your apple juices ready. Yeah, don't forget those. <laughs> we're, we're here. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a three-year-old that will rock your world on a security front. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, definitely check out the, the app so you can see the parking situation. There's offsite parking as well. Uh, the bright line is an option. Uh, Tri-Rail, uh, Inter-Miami is actually going to be providing shuttles to run back and forth from Tri-Rail to the stadium. Every 20 minutes, there will be two of them. Again, that's before the game. That's after the game. But during the game, we're getting this dub. During this game, it's gonna be live. It's gonna be live
1: over at Lockhart, Inter Miami State. I don't care what you call it. It's gonna be crazy. We got LA Galaxy coming into our place, two thirty this Saturday. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a show, and. LA Galaxy is someone that has been a staple in the MLS for. for mm. I mean, David Beckham, you know, came over yeah. and played on the LA Galaxy. Yeah, that's
0: something. No, this is a big game for David because is this is his, his inaugural home game against the the team he came over to play for in the MLS.
1: Who do you think he's going to be rooting for?
0: I have a feeling he's going to be rooting for Inter
1: Miami. Out boy, out of boy. Well, um, LA Galaxy joins us with a record of zero one and one. They have one loss. One tie to their name. And right now, they're
0: actually off to the eighth-worst start in franchise history. It's crazy because last game was like 12 shots and only one on target. Uh, they're definitely struggling. They were able to get the draw against Houston uh, in week one. Christian Pavone had a ripper of a goal. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, but then they fell uh, last week, and um, they're, they're struggling. They are trying to find out you know their their identity uh post Zlatan Ibrahimovic and they were able to get reinforcements they brought in the little P Chicharito Javier Hernandez but he's not I don't want to say he's 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 like a bust or anything but he just hasn't been performing I think people were expecting him uh to perform you know really immediately and you know this loss over this past weekend to the Vancouver Whitecaps really is is kind of triggering triggering the alarm bells for for la galaxy and uh scalotto the 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 head coach is i think definitely on the hot seat now yeah he's
1: absolutely on the hot seat i know uh, you know i was born in the la area and i got a bunch of friends who actually support the galaxy over lafc and they say their coach is very well on the hot seat um it's been it's been some pretty actually intense bickering back and forth but the the galaxy here it's they're struggling just like we are here to get this first w um, last week against Vancouver not only did they suffer a loss which was the first third season and not only did that loss come on what they were claiming Galaxy Week, yeah. which was something to see out in the LA area. This place was sold out and bumping. And to give you guys an idea, this is this is a stadium that fits probably around twenty seven thousand or so. It's where the LA Chargers actually play out in Carson City, um, so that's where they're playing their games. And a couple notes to talk about moving into this game that I think is going to work in an advantage for Inter Miami is is that. Um, Really, they're big players Chicharito, Hernandez, Christian Pavone, Jonathan Dos Santos. Those are really kind of your three spots. Uh, Pavone's someone to watch out on the pitch. He's a stud. Chicharito, you know, has been scoreless this entire season and has really been blanketed. And I think that that's just the way that the clubs have been actually marking him on the pitch. But Jonathan Dos Santos is someone who was pretty strong on this club. And he missed the opener with a growing injury. And it seemed like actually on. The, about during the halftime, I think it was a few minutes before the half actually yeah, they ended, off, yeah. they actually subbed him out because that either same growing or quadricep uh, started to get tightness. So, you know, a growing injury is nothing to mess around with. It's, it's a nagging injury that can be with you for a while. So we don't even know if Jonathan Dos Santos is going to be playing here this weekend. And in addition to that loss, Mr. Joe... Corona, which I got to say, I'm happy this Mr. Corona character <laughs> isn't in the stadium, you know, with everything going on here, but yeah, uh, <laughs> he's, well, outside of all funny jokes aside, yeah, but like, he's, a, he's a very talented But hopefully uh, his ass stays in LA, but uh, Joe Corona won't be joining him either. He picked up two late yellow cards, which obviously takes him off the field and, you know, either two yellow cards or one red card in our case with uh, Torres Torres. It's going to go ahead and lose you this next match.
0: Yeah, it will. Uh, the thing is, though, they, they do have quite a bit of talent still. You know, Sebastian Leggett. They've also got uh, Alexander Katai is playing, playing really well. Uh, Sasha Kleshen, which you know, honestly might have the most caps of any active MLS player at this point. I mean, this guy is, is loaded with experience. They have a good goalkeeper in David Bingham. So a lot of talent. I mean, honestly, I, we feel that we have a lot of talent. I know we're waiting on, you know, our, our, our number nine in you know, our our other DP spot as well, but this will be interesting. They seem to love crossing the ball. You know, I think when they had Zlatan was basically get Zlatan the ball any way you can and he'll make something good happen from that. You know, I don't want to take anything away from, from Chicharito, but he's a different style of player. So they keep, you know, lobbing these crosses in. And I think some that we need to to kind of key in and key in on uh, would be making sure that we're, we're, you know, flooding that box, our own box, as much as possible, and, and preventing these headers from going in. You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to make serious adjustments in one week time. It just seems like uh, their play style is not really working for the squad they have right now.
1: Yeah, it, it's a big transitional phase that they're going in. Obviously, losing Ibra is something different, and Chicharito does play with the ball more at his foot, which is a different type of style. but. You know, we really have two teams, look, desperately needing a win here. Each of them have their own problems to sort through. I don't think that we in particular need to do anything different. I think that the LA Galaxy need to do a lot of things different and they need to figure out their shit really quick, but they can wait another week to do that. But I think Inter-Miami is setting up for, for a big-time game versus a strong, strong opponent. Probably at the beginning of the season, you would have asked us who, who's going to be that, that win in the first three games. We probably would have said D.C. United. But I think at this point, just seeing the way the season's unfolded, the LA Galaxy is, is right for the taking.
0: They really are. They really are. I would imagine them trying to come out, you know, swing uh, after this loss. But I think we could walk away with, with honestly, a 2-1 win against this team.
1: Absolutely. I think it's very possible. 2-1 was my prediction of the match as well. I think that it's going to be a very, very hard-fought fought, hard fought game here. And I, for one, Jay, cannot wait to see everybody out there this Saturday, 2.30 at the stadium getting liddy ditty
0: It's going to be so much fun. We cannot wait. I know people will be kind of pre-gaming at Funky Buddha, at Extreme Action Park, there will be tailgating at the stadium. It's gonna be fun. We've waited so long. The day is finally here, and it's gonna be tough to sleep that night. And I'm gonna wake up real early. <laughs> and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna start getting at it and uh, making sure that uh, we're there early. We don't want to miss a thing. We want to see all of the fans, the energy, the environment. Hot damn, I'm excited. Hot damn, Jay. all you
1: folks out there see a little (laughs) little folks out there for the day oneers out there (laughs) jay and myself will be in our flashing and supporting our inner miami podcast gear so if you do see us walking around the tailgate stop us say what up you know we'll give a little kiss to your baby we'll give a little high five to you all that good stuff go ahead and say what's up if you're gonna be at the game and you know so too go ahead shoot us a dm on instagram shoot us a facebook message or you can go ahead and shoot us an email you can do all of that you can do
0: you can do all of that or you can do every single one of that yeah do it all do it all be be the super fan and do it all i know i'll be rocking the pink practice jersey repping that pink but yeah i'll, I'll rock i'll rock the, the the podcast hat we hope to see some fans out there uh we're playing on on swinging by uh, meeting up with a few but Uh, that's really you know all we have we will you know continue uh as we revamp our um structure of this of the show but hope you guys enjoyed this one and we will see everyone out there saturday i don't have anything else left to say except vamos miami there's nothing else to say baby let's go